thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. Amen. Hey, it's great to see everybody. Hey, can we give that worship team a big hand? They did such a great job. And I really love the way that we have so many young people uh, using their instruments, their voices, etc., to worship the Lord. And I don't know if you know this, but in order to do that, that takes up a significant amount of their time uh, during the week to prepare. So uh, a, a lot of young people that could be doing a whole lot of other things are preparing for a Sunday to lead you uh, in worship. So let's just give it up. So many Gen Zs, a lot of negative things about Gen Z, but we got Gen Z leading you in worship today, and I'm really proud of them. Yeah. Also, thanks to all of you men who came out yesterday. Uh, we had a great time together. I'm excited about what God's doing and uh, love the men of this house. And um, we got, we're getting deep roots, and so I'm grateful uh, for that. Uh, really believe yesterday was a big win. Hey, uh, we uh, have just uh, come out of the season of 21 days of prayer, um, and, and we finished that last week. Um, and then Dad talked a little bit <clears throat> about about making disciples. We talked about small groups last week because Rachel just said this, but we're headed into this 13-week spring semester where our dream is for you to take a step into sitting in a circle, not just sitting in a line. And so um, I, I wanna just kind of uh, just encourage you as Rachel did to, to go out there, make sure, and, and just pray through this. So this is, not, this is not pressure from a church. This is you just walking in obedience to the Lord, asking God, God, do you have a step for me? And I want to encourage you, if by chance uh, this is not the semester for you, that's okay. It's, it's, it's all right for you to say, maybe we'll swing the bat in the summertime or in the fall, still kicking the tires, hanging out a little bit. But I also want to encourage you, if you've been around for a while, this is a great way to build relationships. And so those relationships are so critical as the people of God. And so uh, maybe stay just in a couple extra minutes, uh, try to pick up some of those pieces of paper, have a couple conversations, eat another donut or whatever it might be out there. We don't have donuts, sorry. Uh, <laughs> now you're depressed, all right. Uh, drinks, there you go, we got drinks, that's what we do. All right, good, see, Dr. Beck would be proud. All right, um, Hey, uh, if you have your Bible, let's go Matthew chapter six. We're gonna finish up uh, this sermon on the, uh, this, well, we are gonna finish up kind of the season of Sermon on the Mount. We'll go into a new series next week. But, but specifically, we've taken a few weeks on the Lord's Prayer. And, um, and I, wanna, I wanna end here uh, really double-clicking on this, this idea of give us this day our daily bread. It's an idea of provision. It's an idea of prayer. Um, so let me just read it. And then, then we'll pray and then we'll go after it. It says this, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Father, we do love you so much. We ask, Lord, that we would be a praying church. We thank you, Lord, that you're at work. We thank you for even the opportunity to come into your presence and praise, hallow your name. 
And even as we did that today and we declared how you're the same God, I love that phrase, you're the same God. You've, you've worked in the past and you're working today. Your kingdom come, your will be done. We desire to see the work of God, God at work in our context, in our city, in our generation, in our marriages, in our children, in our families. And God, and we, the, the whole prayer shifts to, to you taking care of us. And I just pray this prayer today. Give us today our daily bread. The good father that loves to give good gifts to his children. And I pray that over my friends today. God, the provision that they need, the daily bread that they need, I pray that you would provide. Would you take care of them? You're a better father than any human father. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. My, uh, my parents... Uh, in my senior year, dad's like, ah, oh, here we go again. All right. Uh, he just perked up. Uh, it's kind of tricky to have triplets suddenly be seniors in high school, but my parents had to live through that. And uh, it was the summer of 1994. And, um, and they decided to go on their anniversary away. We lived in Oklahoma City to Tulsa, and they were going to get away for their anniversary. They had my brother, Dan, who was, uh, was a junior hire at the time, go stay with some friends. And they thought they could trust their three 17-year-olds with the house. Only to be surprised when the three teenagers who thought, hey, we're going to have just a few friends over. I, back then, we didn't have texting. We didn't have cell phones, but we had old school phones. I mean, Gen X, baby. We had cords, but we could get a hold of each other. And uh, what Dana and Deborah and I planned on being just a small group of friends turned into uh, a cul-de-sac full of cars all the way down the street, all the way around. The word got out that the triplets' parents are out of town and the party is at the Perkins house. So my parents came around the corner in their 1981 Chevy Caprice after thinking they had just had a great getaway and their, their super spiritual prayer-leading children uh, <laughs> ha, would, would, were ready to be independent only to find a whole party going on at their house with probably something like 80 teenagers hanging out together at their house. They became aware that in the journey of a parent helping their child to go from dependent to independent, that their children were not quite independent ready yet. <laughs> All of us as parents know that our journey and our desires to help our children go from dependence to independence. <laughs> and uh, that's a part of the parenting journey. That's a part of what we're trying to do. And as children of God, in the spiritual realm, it's actually flipped because what we're, what we're trying to do is not become independent, but to actually go from depending on self or to depending on God from self-reliant to God-reliant and everything inside of us wants to talk about our own strength, to think that we can accomplish, we can do great things. And so it's the never-ending journey, and here in this Lord's Prayer, it's this statement of saying, God, give us today our daily bread. And it's interesting to say, give us today our daily bread, because it's today, and it's a portion. It's daily bread. So give us today what we need. And it's a growing dependence on God, which in a first century context where you basically have 
an abundance of poverty, this would have been a very kind, good father that he would say, hey, give us what we need because we're so financially challenged. We have, we're so poor. We're so unable to take care of self that if you would provide daily bread. And so that context was very much so like for, for, for many, provide for me what I need for today. And yet I think that today in 21st century prosperous America, it, it's, it's less about, oh, will I eat today? And it's very often, will I live reliant on God as my provider, or will I forego God to provide for myself and become self-reliant, and in so doing, slowly distance myself from God, because after all, I've learned how to take care of myself. And this idea of give us today our daily bread is right in the heart of this Lord's Prayer, because it's this statement of going from, all right, I'm going to fix my eyes on God. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. And now we've got the kind-hearted father where he enjoys giving to his children. Jesus said that. How many of you fathers want to give good gifts to your children? And don't you know that your father loves to give good gifts even more than you do? Give us today our daily bread. God, what I need. And my dependence is on you instead of myself. Forgive us our debts. Lead us away from temptation. Deliver us from the evil one. And so you begin with praise, but then you start to go into this petition. You start with, let me get into your world so that I'm thinking, meditating, praying like, talking like what's in your heart. And then in his kindness, he loves to respond to his children where we invite him into ours and we say, be at work in the middle of our lives. It's the lyrics that we just sang a moment ago. You're the same God. And you would know that first century, kind of this Jewish mindset, when, when Jesus speaks of daily bread, they all know he's speaking of Exodus 16, God providing manna in the wilderness. And this would have been a reference to God providing every single day for the people of God, Yahweh, taking care of his people like a good father. So food or manna or bread from the sky every day. And the intriguing part about give us today our daily bread was that the way that God set it up in Exodus 16 is that if you are to hoard, if you are to try to provide supply for yourself and become self-reliant where it's on, you're going to, in fear, try to take more and save it for tomorrow, then you would wake up the next morning with it spoiled, with worms. Because God was teaching his people to be dependent on him. You and I, we don't want, oftentimes, to be dependent on God. We want to take our own strength and say, I've got the ability to make a dollar. I've got, the, I've got some strength. And we want to take the gifts, the talents, what we have that God has given us, the strength, which ultimately it all comes from God, and to slowly become self-reliant instead of God-reliant. And to say, I'm going to go ahead. And instead of taking just dependent on God, what you have, what you have for me, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight for self. I'm going to try to get more than, and, and, and that's 
That's, that's always the challenge. It's always challenging to be dependent, to walk by faith. It's always easier to try to live by your own strength. But ultimately, every time that you do that, you end up saying, surely it would have been better if I would have just been dependent, trusted God. And so it's this beautiful moment. You've got this sacred prayer, hallowed be your name. And then really this epic cosmic prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then you get this intimate, dependent, I'm going to call it gritty prayer of God, take care of my needs. And the God that is above all and hallowed, your kingdom come, also loves to get down into the details and take care of his children that he so deeply cares about. Jesus loved to talk about his father that way. Jesus loved to talk about his father as one that loves to give good gifts. Asking deepens our dependence on God. Many don't want to ask, but every time that you ask, you're saying, all right, God, I'm going to depend on you and not me. I remember I was speaking to a group of men and I was just challenging them to pray. And I had one red faced came up to me and he said, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to be a man of persistent prayer. I don't like the idea of it. He said, if God is all good, if God knows all things and God has power, then why on earth would I come before him in a petitionary way and ask? And I said, if you view God as an operating system, mechanically, your logic makes sense. But if God's end game is relationship, and if in the garden he walked with his people and he wanted relationship, sin enters the world, and in his love for his people, God walks with them, and God is with them as they go through the difficulty in Egypt and through the desert, and God is with his people, and you have the whole temple system where God comes to dwell, and then you get into this moment where Jesus comes, and Jesus comes and dwells among us, and Jesus goes to, us, to the cross, and he redeems humanity so that one day we might be in heaven to dwell with him forever. Then it's less about it making sense in your brain, and this it's more about a God who wants relationship, and it's very much in the asking that relationship starts to form. And he's this God that, he, he, so, so we, we don't, but we don't like to ask. Can I, can I be honest? It's easy. It's easy for us to not ask because we have iPhones. We, we, we got Amazon. We got Instacart. We, we, I, I can get, do you know, I can do the math on this much time, this much money. And, and, and in some ways, in some ways, the person growing up in an impoverished scenario might be in a better scenario where they say, give us today our daily bread. Then the wealthy, busy, much to do, proud of their accomplishment, who has no need to be dependent, has figured out a way to depend and be self-reliant instead of God-dependent. It's easy to do. But if you'll be a person that asks, more than creating God as an equation, more than creating God and trying to philosophically figure it out and be someone, you'll be surprised the joy and the privilege of like a child being dependent on God. And sometimes in the God-dependent way, you'll experience moments where God will provide in a way that you know it's God 
It's, 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 it's not the way that it's always been. God, when, you did it again, but you did it in a different way. And sometimes that's one of the most beautiful parts in your life. Where the very supply or the means by which you've always taken care of yourself or God's always taken care of you, sometimes in the moment where that changes, you get God dependent for a moment. Oh God, now I'm in the crisis. And God in his kindness says, I'll take care of you again. And it opens up in a different means or a different supply or a different way or a different job or something. And all of a sudden you go, oh, you're so good. And he says, I never cease to be good. I can take care of you. I mean, we can sing our own song about a billion different ways God will provide. A thousand different ways that God could take care of you because God is the God. He's not limited. And just because he took care of you in one way doesn't mean that you make that into the idol. And he goes, no, 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 no. I'll take care of you. I've got you. I feel like I saw this just even in this season as as God put on our hearts to mobilize young people. We started off over here at the Overland Park Convention Center and then that became a venue that was no longer available and it kind of felt like, oh dear God. And and, and you want the answer. Like, ooh, that wrestling moment because 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 we need to do this and I need something. And it's actually in that moment where you don't have all the answers that God goes, ask. And you might be in that moment right now. You might be in that moment where the way that you've always done things, the way that God has always taken care of you, the way that he's provided, all of a sudden it feels a little bit rocky. And in that moment, the temptation is to have anxiety. And instead of having faith and prayers, have anxiety and worry. And he says, come to me, turn your, turn your anxiety into prayers. Ask, ask. And you become dependent on God. And then that pop, God goes, tell you what, we'll open up. And God provided this space, Fiorella's. And then this past summer, God opened up an incredible venue for us. And today we've got over 500 teenagers already registered for this summer. And God's at work. And, and, and it's only February. It's going to sell out. And God's at work. But he's, he's, not, he's not doing it the way that it had always been done. He's doing it in a different way. And some of you that in your own life. It's easy for you to say, man, I'll just, I just, God, because if I can, if you could continue to do it the way that you've always done it, then I can become, become dependent on the means instead of the supplier. But, but, but at the core, he's saying, come to me like a child. I've got you. I, I, I'll take care of you. Jesus always was telling his disciples to ask. John 14, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the father may be glorified in the son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. That's a big statement. Just don't run from the asking. Like a small child. God, here's what I need. And would your father give you a scorpion? Would your father give you a rock? Doesn't he want to give good gifts to his children? So then there's more available for the asking. And yet the temptation is in our arrogance and our cynicism to just think that's for somebody else. But if you can humble yourself like a child... And be one that comes before him and asks consistently, crying out to God. I think in the, in, in the culture that I live in, I, I, one of the mantras we talk about around here all the time is pray first. What, what would happen if before you bought something, you asked God for it? Many of us pay first before we pray first. Like We don't pray first, but, but maybe... It's possible that the God who has provision wants to give it to you. So instead of going to the app or to the store, you go to God first 
And then maybe you have a greater means to take care of people. Maybe you have a greater amount to give because maybe God wants to take care of you in a different way. I just think maybe instead of being a consumer first, you'd be a Christian first. God, you're the one that supplies all my needs. But I got this habit. It's just called pull out my wallet on my iPhone and just bam, there it is. Or just pull out that credit card yet again. Hold on. You're the one that's God. God, will you provide? God, will you open up a door? And, and, and I don't know. I, there's lots of different ways. Sometimes God works in different ways. I'm not, I'm not, but, but I am saying to pray first. I am saying to come before him and ask him, God, would you, would you take care of your child? In addition to that, not only does it deepen our, our, our dependence, but asking upticks our gratitude. Uh, in this fun season where the Lord provided supernaturally, really through you and through just an incredible building and God brought it together. Uh, on the closing day, I took my family and we tailgated, not at Arrowhead, but at our new church. And um, we opened up the tailgate and I bought a, a feast. And Renata, my four kids, we turned up, ah, thank God, and we danced and we ate. I mean, we ate like the people on Survivor that haven't eaten in a long time. <laughs> like we, we had a feast. And we, I mean, anybody down at, at, at Arrowhead, and we competed for a day. We had our own tailgate. And I remember I had a friend that called me and he said, hey, um, on the day that we closed, and he started asking me the details. And I said, brother, I'm headed on my way to tailgate with my family. Today's not a day for details. It's a day for dancing because, um, because deep in my heart, I, I, we had spent our days off. <laughs> I mean, we, we went and did prayer drives around buildings and prayer walks around buildings. And I don't know if we expected them to fall or what we expected, but we were open asking, asking God for miracles. So when you, when you have the moment where God supplies, God provides, but then there's gratitude in your heart, but it's easy to live without gratitude because if you don't ever ask then you don't see the miracles and you don't know, and you don't know it's God providing a miracle might be too big of a word, but you don't see the way that God provides. So you don't have the gratitude. But if you're a person that constantly asks, even for the little things, then you're the person that constantly has this gratitude yeah. confession story. One of the things I loved about this church was the moment where we told you the story about my dad's healing miracle and, I, and, and the place erupted. That's a moment I'll remember the rest of my life the way that we worshiped and danced because you guys have been praying for dad. But I shared the story in a different context and I try to be a Christian wherever I go. But with a microphone in my hand, I, I kind of got angry in another context because I shared the story and there wasn't the groundswell of, ah, thank God. They just looked at me. And, 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 and at first I got mad and then I got, had to repent and get, okay, Lord, sorry. And where did I mess up? But here's what I realized. If they hadn't been asking, then the story didn't move them like the askers. And so since you had been asking, since you'd been praying, boy, you hear the story and the story erupts with praise. The story erupts with thanksgiving. And so 
You'd be surprised how you become an asker. You become like a child that goes to his father over and over and over and over and over again. And even the small stories cause the, uh, thank God, you're so good. Uh. You'll rival some of these crazy people up here on the front row that dance. Not because you like to dance, but because you can't stop celebrating the God that seems to be at work in big and small ways. One of my favorite moments uh, when God gave us this new building was on the day that we announced it. My friend Les Beecham, uh, in his early 60s, if you can throw that picture up there, he sent me this picture and he said, David, every circle represents me praying for radiant every, 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 every day. And if you look in here, I mean, you've got, this was what we believe in God for with our building. I could see the word Renata right there, right? I, I, I could see the word healing. I could see the word provision, right? I could see the word Dawson, all right? Oh, I see the word building. I didn't see that before, but now I do. And here's, here's what he's doing. He's, he's circling. It's just, he's just asking. You can take that down. That'll confuse people if you leave it up much longer. But here's the privilege. You come before God and you're an asker. You just keep asking and you have these moments where you go, oh, my, my relationship with God deepens. My dependence on God deepens and my gratitude towards God deepens. God, you're at work. And there's something, you know, when we look at Jesus, uh, Jesus, it, Jesus is God. So, so when you look at Jesus and the way that he talked with people, it, it was as if he wanted not just to, kind of robotically do stuff for people. He wanted to have a conversation with them. In that moment where Bartimaeus is crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The scripture said Jesus stopped. Call him. And the blind man, who's obviously blind, who's crying out, have mercy on me, hears Jesus say, what do you want me to do for you? Hold on. It doesn't, I mean, you're... You're Jesus, you're really smart. All of us know what he wants. It's real obvious. He's blind. He's screaming, have mercy. He's the bottom of the bottom. He, what, why, you, uh, uh, is this, a, I, what's the story? Why, why you gotta, why you gotta ask him? And Jesus says, I wanna hear it from him. I wanna hear it from him. What do you want me to do for you? Same thing, John 5. It's the story of the man who can't walk. There's the pool of Bethesda. Jesus does the very same thing. Here's the man who's seated right there. And Jesus asked him the same thing. We saw him lying there he, and learned that he had been in the condition for a long time. He asked him, do you want to get well? Why? Of course. This would be crazy. So it'd be like an EMT getting out of the ambulance to help somebody who's obviously hurting and stopping and saying, you want me to help you? What do you want? No, no, it's obvious, Jesus. That's why he's here. And Jesus goes, talk to me. You want to get well? Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? What? He's got an end game. It's a relationship. He wants relationship. He's a good father. He loves to take care of his kids. He loves to take care of you. So I want to encourage you on a few things. One, ask big and small prayers. I love the big prayers, right? 
There's so many like epic sermons that I've heard on ask for big things, big miracles. And that's true. I love that. Ephesians 3, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Okay, so I'm an asker and I ask God for some big things. But he's also a father that loves to take care of even the smallest of things. He's a God that you could come before him and just in the same way that a father loves to give good gifts to his children, he wants to take care of your needs. So don't stop asking him for what seems like so small. Because sometimes it's in those small, little, tiny things that you just see God at work. And it's not like a big flex. It's like a wink. It's like, I got you. And your heart erupts. And you're not even sure. It's so small. You're not even sure that you want to say it in your small group because you're not sure if people will judge you or not and think you're a little crazy because you're talking about God at work. I was on the phone last night and um, I told someone uh, a little one, just a little, a little wink that I had yesterday. And, and, but, I, but you feel that moment like, should I tell this? Anybody else could say that's just coincidence. But, but when it adds up to 99, 105, 125, 150 little times where you've asked God and then he's just done, okay. You just you start to be one of those people that just love to ask because he loves to give, give good gifts to his children. He delights in it. He enjoys it. Um, there's a certain reluctance inside of me when my children ask me for a $6 latte. Because for me, I'm not sure that it's good stewardship. For me, I'm not sure. But, I, I, but I, I like to give to them. And so I've got a war within me, right? But when one of my children comes to me and get, asks for a clear necessity, this is what I need. This happened a month ago. One of my children said, dad, I need this. And I looked at that child and said, you don't have that. That's like a necessity for living. And the child said, I don't. And I said, let's go. Best 30 bucks I've spent in a long time. Because I love to give my children what they need. And your father, he loves to take care of you. He, he, he is a father that delights to give good gifts and you come before him and you can have the most cosmic epic, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. And then he likes to get even in the little tiny minutia of all the little $30 needs that you have. I'll take care of you. I got you. If I can rain down bread from heaven every day, I can take care of you. And so I want to encourage you. Ask God the big things and the small things. Turn those worries into prayers. Turn those moments where you think this should be just tolerated as a typical worry and try to just turn it into a one sentence prayer minimum. Okay, God, here's my one, just this. I don't care how small it is. Turn the smallest worry into a prayer. Philippians 4, you know it. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your need and thank him when he's done. For all he's done. And then I want to just lean into one more thing, and that's this idea where it says um, our daily bread. Ours. So I just want to point out that it's not my daily bread. It's our daily bread. And it's quite possible that one of the ways that God will take care of his people is through his people. It's quite possible that it's easy for us in our consumer culture to just think God will provide for my needs. But it's also true that the body of Christ is the people that takes care of other people. So it's true that you and I are ones that 
We've Genesis 12, we've been blessed to be a blessing. And so every time that we can become the answer to our own prayers and help, help the people around us, every time that we can, God, give us today our daily bread and we as a body help be the hands and feet and expression of helping those around us. If you look at Acts 4, all the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all. And there was no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. One of the fun things that I saw at Christmas time this year was we as a church were able to look at some of the people that had needs. And because of your generosity as a church, we were able to help some of the people in our church that, that needed some daily bread, just needed God to take care of them in a, in a hard season. In addition, I saw some of you that, that went and you just went and, and you took care of someone that you knew their need. And, and they needed daily bread, they needed some help, they needed some basic provision. And some of you, and it's because you knew them, but here's the challenge. It's very, very difficult to take care of the people around you and help the people around you if you don't know them. That's why we need jumping in small groups so that you get the opportunity. All right, God, you've provided for me. This is, this is our, give us today our daily bread. Is there anyone else I can, I can be a blessing? You have blessed me. How can I be a blessing? How can, I, how can I help somebody in my group? Because it's really great if somebody you know, makes, sends me a DM on Instagram and said, David, here's a need. That's cool. But, but what's even better is when someone in their small group recognizes they need some tires, recognize they need some, some bread, they need some groceries. And you go, hey, man, God's given me more, more than I, I, I I'm blessed. So God, give us today, it's an us, our, we're the body of Christ. You take care of us and God, you use me to help those around me. It's one of the best reasons. And I, and I know, I, I know this is tricky. It's really easy for me to always use the motivation of what you need. Really easy for me to always say, hey, you need a group, you need a group, you need a group because People often move according to what they want. But can we flip it for a minute? What if the group needs you? What if you're called to be a shepherd? What if you don't really need as much time to constantly feed your hobby or recreation? What if you could open up your home? What if they need you? What if there's broken people in our city? They need the little snack at your house and play some basketball at your house. This isn't just about us. It's about others. It's about us getting our, our opportunity. So you come before God, our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Mm. Epic praise.
cosmic God. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Oof, big epic prayer. Your desire, you're the king, domain of the king. And then the good father. Us, 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 us. You're so good. You take care of us. Take care of us. We need you. It's my prayer that we would not only be a praying church, but we'd be a caring church. People around you, in your context, you'd be able to serve, love, help. Get that hour. Get that hour inside of you. Not just the my, but our. I care about them. I got my eyes. I want to invite you, if you will, go ahead and you can pull out this communion right here. We're going to take this together. I'm going to give those of you today, we practice open communion here at Radiant, which means if you're here today and you're a follower of Jesus, we want to invite you to partake of this with us. If today you'd like to make a decision to follow Jesus, I'd like to give you that chance right now. The good news of the gospel is that though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, that through his poverty we might become rich. The good news is that no matter how weak, broken, tired, weary, addicted, angry you are or have been, Jesus can rescue you. <laughs> the greatest rescue, rescue mission ever, Jesus on a cross, rescuing, saving you from sin. Saving you from really yourself being king and giving you new life that comes from Christ alone. Today, if you want to go from death to life and have eternal life that comes from Christ alone, I invite you to pray this prayer with me. Jesus, take my life. Save me. I'm yours. Thank you for going to the cross in my place for my sin, for me. I give you everything. Be my Lord. I want to spend eternity with you. I give you my life. In Jesus' name. If you just prayed that prayer, I want to invite you to partake of communion with us. Jesus, we thank you for going to the cross for us. We're forever changed and grateful that you died on the cross, you rose from the dead, and we can have eternal life in you. And we, this morning, remember the body that was broken for us. Take the bread. today we're thankful for the blood that was shed on the cross for us. Take the cup. Jesus, we celebrate and are grateful and we remember you and you when the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we celebrate Jesus at work right now, today, in our lifetime. We anticipate, we look forward to the day that Jesus returns. We love you, Jesus. Bend our lives, change our lives around you.
We give you honor and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together. I'd like to invite the prayer team to come forward and the ushers, if you would come forward as well and take just a moment and we'll close out in this song of worship as well as giving of our tithes and offerings. If you are new to Radiant and you filled out that connection card, this would be a great moment for you to drop that in the offering bucket. If you'll, if you'll drop it in the offering bucket, we'd love to be in touch with you this week. Let's pray over our offering. Hey, can we do this? Is this all right? Can we do a little bit different today? Would you guys mind? I know this is a little crazy. Can you just hold out your hands like this? Can we just receive? God, we receive all the blessings that you have for us. And God, I ask, Lord, that the asking people, the praying people would continue to see the blessing of God. God, would you provide in ways that we would have never imagined? God, I ask in Jesus' name that you would use this new building, Lord God, in 2024, Lord, to see the lost saved, the saved discipled, the disciple filled and empowered with the Holy Spirit of God. And those people making a difference, laying down their lives, lighting up a city, oh God. Father, I pray that you would bring in the hurting and the broken. Father, I pray that for generations to come, that that space would be a space that's a shelter. I pray that it'd be a place that feeds the hungry. I pray there'd be a place that sends out future missionaries. God, I pray there'd be a place where we train up the next generation. Father, I pray that it would not be true of our house, that the next generation is broken, lost, messed up, and won't amount. No, God, we're praying for a revival, a move of God among young people in this house. Oh, God, provide in ways we couldn't imagine. Open up new doors. Open up new ways. You're the God that's done miracles before, and we just say, do it again. Your way, however you want to, we're yours. We're just a bunch of kids asking our good Father, supply, provide, give us today our daily bread. We love you in Jesus' name.